Well, this morning you can turn your Bibles to, uh, let's see, where am I? I'm still in that one. Amen. To uh, Acts chapter 9 this morning. And um, Pastor started this little declaration last week. And I don't know, I didn't put in my outline, but I, I did grab one from last week. And if you guys have yours, it's just this simple declaration that says, This is my Bible. I live by its truth. I walk in its light. I rest in its promises, and I am powered by its love. I overcome by the faith produced from receiving this seed sown into my heart today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This morning, I want to talk to you about picking your side. How many of you guys have ever wrestled with the question, um, what to do? Has anybody ever had that problem? I, I have that problem a lot. Right where it's just like, what do I do here? Like, do I do I do this or do I do that? Amen. Thank you. A couple, like two people. Okay, good. So the rest of you, after service today, you can help me. But have you ever been on the fence about something in your life? Right? Have you ever been faced with one of those situations that's like, should I or should I not? Do I or don't I? Right? Like, or maybe you've said something along the lines of, I'm really on the fence about this. How many of you guys, I've said that many times in my life, man, I'm on the fence about this. Like I could see this going this way or that way. Like, I don't know about this. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of leery to make this, this decision. I'm kind of like we read in the offering. I'm kind of skeptical about this situation. How many of you guys have been presented with an opportunity and you kind of stand there and you kind of weigh the situation on you're like, I'm a little skeptical about this, right? Like, I don't know about this. And, and this morning I want to hopefully bring some uh, faith to our hearts. As pastor spoke about choosing life and his word, I began to consider the ways that we filter our walk and maybe why we see God move in some people's lives and then maybe not in others. How many of, I mean, I, I know over the years of being a Christian, sometimes I'm looking, I'm like, God, why are you doing all that through them? And why aren't you doing anything in my life? Or, or where, where is it in my life? Because, man, I just feel like, like they just are highly favored, and, and I just feel like you don't even know my name, right? Have you ever been in those situations where you're just like, man, you see God doing something in somebody else, or, you know, why is, you know, Steve, the age he is, and still a full head of hair, and here I am, you know, half his age, and I'm bald, and I'm like, what is going on? You just see, like, God, what is up with this? God leaves the choice to us this morning. And uh, for me, I had a, a really hard time. I was really on the fence on what to wear this morning, what I was going to preach. You know, I, I thought, do I wear the dad mask today? Maybe I, I wear the employee mask today. You know, I was trying to decide what, what would really get across to the people. Do I come at you as a dad, maybe as an employee? You know, I, I, or maybe I just come to you as, as a husband today and try to speak the word of God to you. Or what I probably should do is, is put on my pastor mask today, right? Like I got I to gotta put on the right mask in order to communicate the gospel in a way. If I come to you as a dad today, it, it may help you in some areas, may help myself. If I come to you as a husband, maybe it'll help our marriages a little bit or maybe it won't, maybe an employee. But this morning I was really on the fence but I believe God's going to help us this morning. Father, I thank you today for your word. I thank you for what you put on my heart. Help in Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> Number one this morning in your notes, pick a side. 
pick a side. Most encounters that men and women had throughout the Word of God left little to question. There was a power that was so real that they could not deny the choice that was before them. But today we seem to live in a culture of let me research this and get back to you. We have this little joke in our family, like, oh, did you Google that? Did you, right? Like, because it's so true today. Like, let's research this a little bit before we believe it as factual or, or you know, false or true. Like, let me, get, let me just get back to you on that. Like, I'm going to make a commitment, but let me do a little more research first, right? But I was reading my Bible, and I'm like, man, there wasn't a lot of that back then. Obviously, they didn't have smartphones. Like, they just seriously made the choice, like, to believe or not believe. You know what I'm talking about this morning? And it seems as if there's this underlying mindset of doubt and uncertainty to every choice we make in life, right? Like this, this constant struggle of, man, I, I really enjoyed that message, but was it, you know, I need to do some research and find out, you know, I, I read that in the scripture, but let me, let me do a little more research and, and find out if that's really what God is trying to tell me, right? I love this verse in the Bible, Acts chapter nine, verse number one, is an, an account um, of where Paul has this encounter with God. He was Saul, and it says in verse number one, Saul kept on threatening to kill the Lord's followers. He even went to the high priest and asked for the letters to the Jewish leaders in Damascus. He did this because he wanted to arrest and take to Jerusalem any man or woman who had accepted the Lord's way. When Saul had almost reached Damascus, a bright light from heaven suddenly flashed around him. He fell to the ground, and he heard a voice that said, Saul, Saul, why are you so cruel to me? Who are you? Saul asked. I am Jesus, the Lord answered. I am the one you are so cruel to. Now get up, go to the city where you'll be told what to do. And it goes on to say, and so Paul did as he was commanded to do. This morning, when it comes to picking a side, I want to submit to you today that there is, um, it, you're either on God's side or on the world's side. Amen? There's no gray with God. Amen? You're either all in with Jesus or you're all in in the flesh. Amen? But it seems like in our culture today, there's, a, there's just this gray in between. Like, I love Jesus, but I also, uh, right? Like, it's like I, I want all that God has for my life, but I also want to enjoy the things of this world. I also want to experience life. I want to have a good life, and God knows my heart, right? Like, so we find this common battle between, between what God has and what the world has for our life, and it's this pull. And I began to think about this story where Paul had this encounter with Jesus, and it, it's this picture that I want you to get in your mind that Paul is headed one way, and God absolutely zaps his life. I don't know if you guys have ever ever had an encounter like this in your life where you are absolutely just headed one direction in your life and it is just like, boom, your life is completely changed. I know for me, I've had that encounter where it was just like, okay, this is it. Like, I'm, I'm going to make a choice. I am going all in. I am not going to wrestle. And, and I've shared before my testimony is like coming to the Lord. And Pastor was referencing last week when, you know, God just rescued me and redeemed me and restored me. But I want to ask you this morning, are we riding the fence on some areas in our life? See, for me, many of us have received this encounter in some form or another. And maybe some in this room have yet to receive this radical encounter that totally transforms your life. We struggle to walk in it because maybe 
we are too blind, like Saul, as to what God was going to do. So you think about this for a minute. Saul, the Bible says that he saw this light and he was blinded to what God was going to do through his life. I want you to see this through like a, um, an analogy, not so much a physical blindness, but I want you to see this as if like today, I don't know about you guys, but when I gave my life to the Lord, I don't know. I, I had no clue when I, when I said, Jesus, I surrender my life. I, I am yours. You are my Lord and Savior from this day for the rest of my life, as long as I live, that I will spend eternity with you in heaven. And I didn't realize what kind of a commitment I was truly making. I didn't realize what was on the other side of that commitment. I just made that commitment blindly. Amen. I just said, Jesus, I'm yours. Everything I was before was broken, empty, and a failure. And I'm here today to say, Jesus, I am ready for you to be my savior. Have your way with me. I did not see what was on the other side of that commitment. Just like Paul in this encounter, he didn't see what was on the other side. He didn't see that he would go on to be the writer of two-thirds of the New Testament. Right? And I think this is the, the area that we wrestle with with God is we, we want to make these commitments sometimes, but yet we wrestle and we struggle with, if I make this commitment, I don't know what's on the other side of this, but if I stay in over here, I can see that if I work a little harder, I'll get a raise. If I save my, little, my money a little bit more, I can buy this. If I, if I do this just right, if I you know raise my kids just right, they'll be productive members of society. If I do this right and do that right, if I you know shower them with gifts, if I do everything right, blah, blah, blah. They'll be like all the little things that we wrestle with because over here, when we say, I'm just going to trust God, there's so much uncertainty in that because we feel like we don't have control on the outcome. Amen. But, but Jesus is like, which is it going to be? Are you going to trust me or are you going to lean in the arm of the flesh? Amen. It's all about the choice of, of life. Do we want to trust that God's promises are yes and amen? Do we want to tiptoe around them or do we want to dive all the way in? And this morning, that's where I want to get with you today is that God is looking for people that will say, I'm all in. Proverbs chapter four and verse number 25 says, let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or to the left Remove your foot from evil. Or I love how it says it in the Message Bible. It says, keep your eyes straight ahead. Ignore all the sideshow distractions. Think about this for a minute. What are the things that pull on us, right? What are the things that are trying to remove us from the plan and purpose of God? Amen. It's not so much that I'm trying to say that everybody needs to quit their job, not be a parent, not be a husband or a wife, not do the things of this world. But but there's a way to do those things that are pleasing and honorable to God. Amen. Your ministry is right where God has put you. Amen. But but we have to be careful that we're not being distracted by the sideshow. We need to watch our step on the road on the road will stretch out smooth before you. Look neither to the right or to the left. Leave evil in the dust. Amen. This morning, have you made that decision to be all in or all out? The path of peace and provision and power is not paved on the grounds of uncertainty, but on the grounds of absolute. Listen to what Jesus said. He says, I am the rock. He's not gravel or sinking sand, right? He is like the absolute. He's like, I am the rock. And if you build your life on me, it will not fail. 
right? But we think that Jesus is like gravel, like, well, if I get it just the right spot, right? If, if, if I just find that nice spot in the sand, I won't sink, right? No, Jesus said, I am the rock, amen? And you got to get it down in your heart that no matter what, I'm not going to be moved by these sideshow, that's a tongue twister this morning, these sideshow distractions, but I'm going to get all in and I'm going to trust that God is going to do what he promised he will do in my life. Amen? And I think that, as Pastor was sharing last week about choosing life over knowledge, that's, that's the struggle today. It's like this side is the knowledge and the understanding. This side is all about faith. Amen? There's been so many times where, where God has, has put something in, in our hearts and, and you go, I don't know how this is going to work out, but I can stay right here and kind of try to understand God, but also find the knowledge. And next thing you know, you're doing the splits and you can't get up and you're in the hospital. Amen? And you're like, what happened? It's like, no, you're trying to like balance both worlds and, it, and you're not going anywhere. Amen? But if you just choose to dive all in, stand in faith, God will show up and show off in our lives this morning. So you're not here today because of some accident. What Christ wants to do in your life is so absolutely incredible. Just like Paul, God has a miraculous encounter for each one of us. What if Paul would have had this encounter with Jesus and said, that's good, but I think I'd rather just choose my own path. Look at the destruction that that would have caused. Think about that for a minute. What is on the other side of our simple surrender and obedience to God? Well, let me ask you that question this morning. What's on the other side of you going all the way in with Jesus? Exactly. Think about Paul. I mean, this guy was a persecutor, and, and I mean, he was against Christ. How many of you guys have done some bad things in your life? How many of you guys got some things that you're, unash- you're ashamed of? How many of you guys got some things that you would rather people never hear about, right? Like how many of you are thankful that, that you're not running for the Supreme Court? <laughs> I was thinking about that. And I was like, God have mercy. Like, I am so glad that my teenage years are not <laughs> up for examination. Amen? Let alone my adult years. Like, you know, we're, we're, we're taught in, in our culture today, if whatever you do under the age of 18 is like wipe clean, right? Like 18 is like a reset in your life, right? It's supposed to be. Like whatever you do, you can go to jail, blah, blah, blah. You can go to juvie. But as long as you get it right before you're 18, you don't go to prison, right? Think about it. So here's Paul, all these things he had done wrong. And Jesus appears in his life. And Paul was like, I, I don't know about you guys, but there's been times where I've stood in what this surrender means, but at the same time struggled to totally dive in because I question whether I'm worthy or not because of the things that I've done wrong, because of the guilt and the shame, the people I've hurt, the things that I've said or the, the acts that I've committed or whatever. And I think that Paul is such a great example of that because, I mean, it doesn't get much worse than going against the cause of Christ, right? And, and I believe that this is such a beautiful picture of, of why <laughs> Jesus picked him. It's like, I don't care how severe of a life you lived, when you fully surrender in, I'll wipe the slate clean. Amen? So that brings me to my next point to you this morning is 
to shed the mask or lose the mask. See, this morning, God is not fooled by a mask. You know, this morning, as I was trying to come up with a, a way to illustrate this, and these are just some of the different masks that, that, you know, you could say that I wear throughout my week, right? Like there's moments where, you know, I'm dad. I think I'm a really good dad. I got room for improvement. Amen. But I put on my dad mask like, woo, right? And then there's moments where, you know, I, I'm, I'm a husband trying to do things to make my wife know that I'm the best thing that's ever happened to her. Good answer. We're in church. Amen. Right? So we put on the, the husband mask, this perfect, spotless husband, right? Like I am trophy husband. Not really. <laughs> I got a lot of work. But then the employee, why are you laughing? Amen. But then employee, like, I want to be the best I can be so that when it's time for that raise, when it's time for that promotion, whatever it takes, I want them to pick me. And then, you know, some of you guys don't have this, but you have other ones. But for me, you know, now I got to be the pastor. Like, oh, man, people are around. They know I work for the church. They know I preach. Woo, I got to make sure I got the right mask on. But I began to think about this in this verse in Matthew chapter, I think it's 23. It says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. Who are the scribes and the Pharisees? The teachers, the, the, the people in the church. He says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. He says, you hypocrites. For you cleanse the outside of the cup and dish, but the inside is full of extortion and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first cleanse the inside of the cup and dish, that the outside of them may be clean also. I think this happens across America. How many of you guys have a dishwasher? I got four of them in my house, and none of them do the dishes. <laughs> So we got this machine that does it instead. You're not the dishwasher. We have four kids. But we got this machine that we paid money for. And this thing says that you don't even have to rinse the dishes. You can just throw them in there and hit go. And they will come out perfect. So I always like to put it to the test. Dana likes to like wash them first and then put them in. And I'm like, what's the point of even putting them in? Like it's, they're clean. So have you guys ever had this moment where I, I like cereal sometimes, ice cream. Um, the other day I, I have these cups that we put our, you know, for the gym. You can put a little shaker cup. And I had this this yummy drink that I like to drink before I pump iron at Lord's Gym. And so I, I, I poured it in there. And I, I took the lid, I went to put the lid on, and I looked, and there was stuff. I'm like, I just pulled this thing out of the drawer. Like, what is this floating in my drink? Like, and it wasn't like a cheap drink. Like, this thing's almost $3. And I'm like, it's ruined. Like, I don't even know what it is. Is that lettuce? Is that cilantro? 
Is that like a fly, a fly wing? What is in my drink right now? A loogie. <laughs> Thanks, Bill. Oh, man. Is it mashed potatoes from the dishwasher? What is this? And I was like, it ruined my drink. Like, I was like, my workout's done. My drink's done. My day's over. I'm going home. Like, throw in the towel. <laughs> Has anybody ever had that moment? Like, you're like, reach up into the cupboard for a clean glass, and you pull it down like a coffee cup, right? You can't see it. You pull down the coffee cup, and you're like, did somebody just finish their coffee and stick it back up in the cupboard? <laughs> I'm Now, please, if you come over to my house, trust me, our dishes are clean. My wife does a great job. But every once in a while, there's that moment where you, like, find something, and you're like, what is wrong? Who put this in the cupboard? Like, why would you? Did you not see this? Our dishes are white. How many of you guys got white dishes? Right? So if the kids unloaded, did you not see that there was still cereal crusted on the inside? It missed that part? Like, why did you put that? Put it back in the sink. Let it be clean. Oh, boy. The interesting truth is this. We often act differently outside than we are inside. People think in order for life to be fulfilled or significant, they need to put on a front, put on a mask, live in this gray area. This morning, I have this question for you. Do you ever wear a mask? Do you ever, I mean, a real mask? Sometimes people will act a certain way so that people will think they are better than they really are. They'll come to church. Oh, that's the one I forgot. I was going to put on my church mask. Come to church and say the right things, sing loud, and act like a follower of Jesus, but it's really just a mask that they're wearing. This morning, why do we choose to wear masks over ourselves instead of exposing ourselves to his truth, his word, and his power? This morning, what's really under the mask of your life? I know for me, what's funny is it doesn't matter what mask I put on. On the inside, if I were to be honest, I just came up with some of these. But the mask doesn't do anything but cover what's really on the inside for me at one time maybe I was lonely insecure broken tempted but what's weird is that's on the inside of my husband mask but I also found that on the inside of my employee mask I was still broken tempted insecure lonely even as a dad didn't find healing through being a dad. I'm still insecure, lonely, broken, tempted. The scary part is just because I started being used by God and stepped into this role of being a pastor on the inside, I was still lonely, insecure, broken, tempted. Because just because I can put a mask on doesn't mean everything's good on the inside. Just because a, a bowl's in the cupboard doesn't mean it's clean. Amen? Do you see where I'm going this morning? And, and I believe just because we gain knowledge doesn't mean that we're right with God. Just because I read my Bible doesn't mean I'm right with God. Just because I say I'm on the right side doesn't mean I'm right with God. It's, I got to either be all in or all out. And I can't put on a mask and ask, act one way and then tomorrow wake up and go to work and act another way. I had somebody uh, um, the other day say to me, yeah, I, I, you know, 
I'm not the same person at work that I am right now. That really kind of took me back for a second because this person is a Christian. And I was like, man, I am the same person everywhere I go. Like who I am right now, this is who I am. Like if you, at least I think, unless I'm totally <laughs> deceived myself, but I try to like be the same person whether I'm in my gym clothes, in my sweats, right? In my, my fancy attire for church. No matter what color my shoes are, doesn't change who I am on the inside. But I wonder if we've gone through the motions, and this is for somebody, it may not be for anybody in this service, it's probably for somebody in second service. You guys are all good. You guys are just letting me get through this a little bit. But do we act like it's all good on the outside, but on the inside we're holding and hiding what is really broken, hurting, what is confused, and what we're ashamed of? You know, I think for, for Paul, he, he could have easily hid behind his failures, could have easily hid behind whatever the motivation is that drove him to do what he did, or he could have made a choice to just come before the Lord. And repent and, and say, God, here I am, unworthy, unfit. And you, and you read that throughout the course of the rest of his life where he never understood why God picked him, but he did. And my challenge for us today is, are we hiding or are we letting God have it all? Second Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 16 says, Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. It doesn't happen overnight, friend. You don't get through all of your struggles overnight. But if you get all in, Jesus promises that he will wipe us clean. He will make us whole. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things that which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. He goes on to say in 1 Samuel 16, verse 7, says, The Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at the appearance or the physical stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. This morning, when you dive all in, Jesus knows what's on the inside. When you, when you pick God's side, he knows who you are. Amen. When you're over here, he, you can't mask who you really are before God. Amen? He knows. He knows every secret. He knows every detail. He knows every mistake. He knows every struggle. And the Bible says in Colossians chapter 2 and verse number 10, it says, You are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. So this morning, what if you took a step like never before? What if we quit hiding behind our masks? We quit riding the fence on some things in our life and said, Jesus, I'm all in. I thought it was interesting this morning in our devotional. How many of you guys read that every day? The word for you today that we give out. Our theme verse was Isaiah 50 and verse 7. It says, but the Lord God helps me. Therefore, I have not been disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a flint. And I know I shall not be put to shame. Think about this for a moment. Why do we hang on to some of these things? Because we lack this faith that God will really show up and show off in our life. 
that God would really take a broken, strung out mess and give me a life of significance? That God would really take somebody that grew up in a broken home and, and give him a, a healthy home? That, that God would take dysfunction and make it functional? That God would take the, the doubts and the fears and give me faith and victory? But I had to lose some masks in my life. I had to make some hard choices. And I had to be vulnerable with God. This morning, my last point for you today. Why have I picked God's side? Because I'm guaranteed to get the win. You're guaranteed to get the win when you pick God's side. Bill, if you'd come back, please. When we lose the masks and we pick the side, we get the win. Psalm chapter 116 and verse number one says, I love God because he listened to me. He listened as I begged for mercy. He listened so intently as I laid out my case before him. Death stared me in the face. Hell was hard on my heels. I was up against it. I didn't know which way to turn. Then I called out to God for help. Please, God, I cried out, save my life. God is gracious. It is he who makes things right. Our most compassionate God. God takes the side of the helpless. When I was at the end of my rope, he saved me. There's somebody in this room today, you don't know which way to turn. There's somebody in this room today, you don't know, do I pick God's side or I, or do I pick this side? Maybe you've tried to pick God's side. Maybe you've tried to, to put yourself out there. Maybe you've tried to leave some things in the hands of the Lord and, and maybe it, it ended in, in uncertainty. Maybe it ended in a moment where you had to question whether God really is the God he says he is. But I think in order for us to get to this place, we have to shed all doubt, shed all fear. And it's a daily surrender to say, God, I am going to choose life. This morning, I want to see the miracles of God flow in my life and through my life. But in order for that to be released, I have to trust. I have to get to this place where I, I'm not hiding behind different masks that I'm holding on to things to try to be accepted in this world, to find significance in this world, to try to find value in this world. My value is in Christ, in Christ alone. It's not in my brokenness. It's not in my shame. There's some people, man, they love to hang on to their brokenness. They thrive in their pain. They get their attention from it. Like, why do you want to hang on to something that is so painful, so empty, so messed up? When Jesus is saying, if you'll just give it all to me, I will heal you, I'll redeem you, and I'll set your feet on a path just like Paul. But it's going to take a season where you may not know where you're going. You may not know what, what's going to unfold in your next step. But if you make this resolution in your heart that I'm going to choose life, I'm not going to look to the left or to the right. Death may feel like it's right on my heels. How many of you ever felt like that? You've been up against something physically, spiritually, emotionally, in the natural, where you feel like death is on your heels coming after you. Trust me, it hasn't been all perfect in my life. 
There's been moments where you're just like, um, what is nipping at my heels right now? Because I'm, I'm all in over here. But yet there's still this thing that's trying to like pull and, and trying, to, trying to get me. But I love David. He just made the resolve in his heart. This morning, why have I chose God's side? I chose God's side not out, not out of condemnation, but adoration. I chose God's side because God's promise is to win. Friend, can I encourage you this morning? Hebrew, Hebrews chapter 2 and verse number 18 says, For in that he himself has suffered, being tempted, he is able. Everybody say, he is able. Say it one more time. To secure those who are tempted. Temptation is never going to leave you. All those things that, that you once were, all those things that, that you've experienced in your life, they're etched in this place of your mind. And they will try to rise up. They will try to knock on the door. They will try to nip at your heels. But I put, he is able to aid those who are tempted. You're going to be tempted when you pick God's side. You're going to be pulled on. You're going to have to choose whether I want God's will or this world's. And it's a battle that we face the rest of our life. But I know that the more I say, God, I just want to live a life that's right before you. God, I, I want you to heal me, redeem me, set me free. God, I want your Holy Spirit to convict me, to lead me, to guide me. God, would you come to my aid right now because I feel weak, I feel empty. God, I'm in need of your strength in my life. And every time I get to that place where I just begin to shed my mask, I begin to shed my pride and I stand on God's side and I reach up to heaven and I begin to call out. Every time his Holy Spirit begins to rise up on the inside of me and I begin to find this strength to overcome. I begin to find this strength to walk out each day. For the rest of your life, you're going to face these temptations. Some will be great. Some will seem not so great. It's our response in those moments that either define us or break us. Jesus said in John chapter 17 and verse number 15, says, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but you should keep them from the evil one. If God just came and took us all out, who would reach the unsaved? If God just came and wiped his church from the earth, who would reach the lost? So many times we're wanting God to just totally protect us and redeem us. And 
not be in the world. But God wants us to be in the world, just not of the world. How do we reach El Dorado County in a greater degree? We pick God's side. We shut our masks. We're not ashamed of the gospel anymore. And we trust that God will keep us from evil. That God will keep us from temptation. Would you stand to your feet this morning? I think I know why, but for some reason, we tend to hide what's really broken, thinking there's no redemption for our lives. We hide behind these masks because maybe we're afraid to be vulnerable, we're afraid to trust. So we try to hide. And But I love this passage. As we've been believing God for miracles to take place in this house. It says in Matthew chapter 8 and verse number 2. It says, And behold, a leper came and worshipped him. Now, I don't know if you realize the significance of this, but these people were <laughs> pushed out, pushed away. Nobody wanted to be around them because of the way they looked on the outside. But it says that this leper came, and I put unmasked and unashamed of who he was. It says he just came and he worshiped Jesus. Saying, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hands and touched him, saying, I am willing. Be clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. This morning, as I read that, I began to think none of us have leprosy in this room. But I wonder if there's some people in the room that have withheld that place of saying, Jesus, I'm ready to be washed clean. I'm tired of hiding behind the masks of uncertainty, of doubt, of fear, loneliness, of brokenness, of temptation, of sin in my life. You know, we're going to take communion this morning. And communion is 
the act and the declaration. His body is my provision and His blood is my salvation. And this morning my charge would be are you willing to be like the leprous man? leave some things at the altar this morning. See, Jesus never appears in our life to mask our pain. He doesn't appear to mask our failures or mask our sickness. He comes to wipe it clean. This morning I didn't realize that this was going to work this way, but I wonder if we would take communion differently this morning. Maybe to come and take the cup and the bread and ask God to truly cleanse us, to truly be our salvation and our provision. That we don't need to hide behind the things that we're ashamed of anymore. That we can come to him like the leper and say, God, would you make me clean today? Because the thing that I found is as long as I have masks on in my life, I can't be who God's called me to be. I can't reach people like he's called me to reach. If I have doubt and fear and condemnation within my spirit, but I believe there's a freedom in this place today that if we would truly apply the blood of Jesus to our life and walk in his provision, I believe that we could have a miracle like the leprous man did that day. In Jesus' name. So this morning as you come out, maybe we would grab our cup and our cracker. Maybe we'd stay at the altar this morning. And you'd have that conversation with God. And ask him to show you the things that you've been hiding. Maybe you'd ask him to show you where you've doubted. Maybe you'd ask him to show you the place of compromise that's in your life. Because I believe there's a miracle in this place today for somebody that has tried to mask the pain of their life and the pain of their past. And God has freedom for you today.